Hello, you're welcome to If I Were the Minister for Education from Onshaw.net. Communion season. Why you can't have your cupcake and eat it. Every May in Ireland, newspapers, magazines and radio shows are full of talk about communion season, as it seems to be collectively known as. And during communion season, I really don't like the term, you hear lots of talk about getting the house painted and decorated. You hear a lot about dinner plans in hotels. You hear a lot about dress fittings, hair appointments, and in some cases, spray tans. And that's not the parents I'm talking about here. Yes, when communion season comes along, you hear about weight loss plans and seasonal colours for mother's dresses. You hear about house parties with bouncy castles, wads of 50 euro notes and the all-important must-have, cupcakes with edible crosses on top. And this year, it seems that the most important fashion accessory for many people is to admit that they ticked the no religion box on the census and then celebrate that hypocrisy. In this special communion season episode, I'm going to try and explain to you why despite the temptation to tell me otherwise, it is in fact my business. Hello, hello, this is Simon Lewis from Anshaw.net with If I Were the Minister for Education, a weekly podcast where I look at the world of primary education and wonder what I would do if I were the Minister for Education. You can subscribe to this podcast on any of your favourite podcasting apps and please tell all your teacher friends or anyone else who might be interested in primary education. And if you can, please leave a five-star review so other people can find it more easily. Communion season 2022 has been a slightly unusual one because two major things have happened in Ireland this year. The first was a national debate about the role of religious orders and their involvement in public life. Uh, That's the National Maternity Hospital debate for those of you unfamiliar. And the second was that only a few weeks ago uh, we all completed the national census where for the very first time the question about religious beliefs was changed to no longer assume one has a religion. I mention these things now because to me, and you'll see, these are very relevant to why I'm talking about communion. Regular listeners uh, of this uh, podcast will be familiar with the story of my Facebook acquaintance. I've probably talked about her more than anything else on this podcast, who the day after the marriage equality referendum, after a long campaign slamming the church and the patriarchy, celebrated by going to that patriarchy's church the next day with her daughter dressed for a symbolic marriage to Jesus Christ. To me, that year, 2015, was probably the first year the cognitive dissonance of Irish people came into focus, where the majority of the population roundly rejected the church because of its treatment to minorities and women, and the very next day the majority of the population reaffirmed the church's presence by putting their children forward to become full members of that church. And since 2015, I've noticed that despite 
all of the statistics where Catholic marriages now account for less than secular marriages, where the people of Ireland roundly rejected the Catholic Church's supposed last bastion of power over women by voting in full favour of uh, their full reproductive rights, including access to abortion, where people across the country marched the streets to try and stop the National Maternity Hospital from falling into hands of the Catholic Church because they don't trust them to respect women's bodily autonomy. One thing that hasn't changed, though, is the number of young boys and young girls that make the Catholic sacraments. To be honest, the only thing I've noticed this year is that the parents who choose to let their children make their sacraments, and I use that um, phrase uh, appropriately, they choose to let their children make their sacraments, they're not forced into doing it, do so with an almost celebration of their hypocrisy. For example... Last week, Sean Moncrief, the journalist and uh, radio broadcaster, wrote an article in his weekly column in the Irish Times with the headline, We're raising our daughter in the long tradition of Irish Catholic hypocrisy. Unless she objects, we'll go along with the princess dress and bouncy castle. Now, I'm not stupid. Moncrief's article was no surprise to me whatsoever. Almost every word on the page could have been written by a huge number of Irish people. To quote again from the article, we don't go to mass and I ticked the no religion on the census form. Now, I want to come back to this article later because the important word in my previous sentence when I said almost every word on the page could have been written by a huge number of Irish people was the word almost. But I do want to go on a bit more because, you know, right now you could rightly tell me that what people do in their own time is their own business. And why should I care whether Sean Moncrief or any other atheist decides to, as his colleagues on News Talk, Kieran Cudahy says, go along to get along? Well, even though you didn't, I'm glad you asked. Because, let me be honest, you can't have your cake and eat it. Or maybe be more accurately, you can't have your cupcake with the edible paper crosses on top and eat it. Because you might be thinking right now, what does it matter to you, Simon, if we decide to allow our children to make their communion? That's our choice. And it's none of your business. And all things being equal, you're absolutely right. Because as far as I'm concerned, you can wake up every morning and bathe in melted cheese before singing the chicken song while holding aloft a chopping board because you believe it will please some higher source and I honestly don't care. You can even make your children take part in exactly the same ritual and as far as I'm concerned, apart from the large wasted of cheese and the terrible choice of song, that's absolutely your own prerogative and your own business and as long as you're not causing any harm to anyone, that's none of my business. So why do I care that despite your lack of faith, you still allow your child to make that sacrament of communion and maybe confirmation? But let's focus on communion today. Because the answer is, in this case, all things aren't equal. You not bathing in melted cheese and holding aloft a chopping board, you know, doesn't affect me. But actually, you allowing your child to make or choosing to allow your child to make their sacrament isn't equal to the cheese melting bathing people. The knock-on effect of this decision is far-reaching 
because what it does is it perpetuates throughout the entire education system, which is almost monopolized by the Catholic Church for a very good reason, because you are choosing to buy into it. And when you choose to allow the Catholic Church influence what happens in a school, not only does it mean that they are preparing your child for what you consider to be a meaningless party, it means that anyone who is not Catholic is left sitting at the back of the classroom for hours every day. It means that anyone who is not Catholic is basically a second class citizen of that classroom. Just an example or two of this, because you know, these have happened in the last couple of weeks in several schools and you might not be aware that this is happening in schools, maybe because you don't care or maybe just you don't know what happens in schools. These are actual events that happened in schools in this country. On the day of a communion, a professional photographer was hired to take the official photo for second class. Now, despite the fact that um, some of the children in, the, in that class were not Catholic and obviously weren't making their communion, chances were that that child would not be in the class photo that would be hanging on the wall of the school forevermore as if the children that weren't Catholic never existed. Now, the school argued that everyone was welcome to come along to be photographed. But why would a non-Catholic attend such a ceremony in their own time on the weekend? Like, how is that inclusion? Why is a holy event centred around a school? Another example is the day after a communion in another school, the children were told they didn't have to come to school on the Monday. And the non-Catholic children found out basically through some WhatsApp group rather than the school because they were told in the church, you can have the day off, lads, tomorrow. Because that's, that's the problem. And again, why in whoever's name, whether that's God or whoever, the melted cheese God, would anyone think it's a nice idea to not only spend months wasting time from the curriculum on preparation for a party, which only the so-called Catholics are truly part of, and then give even more time off to the children who missed enough time sitting at the back of the classroom. Look, perhaps you're not convinced. And I wouldn't blame you. I watched a woman on a web channel uh, called, I think it's uh, herfamily.ie. Um, and I'm not going to name her, it's not fair. because. Uh, but um, anyway, she discussed her child's school and how inclusive they were to non-Catholics. Because, do you know what they do? They invite the non-Catholics along to celebrate in their communion. Like there was no thought whatsoever that this might be problematic in any way, shape or form. And I imagine if you're listening to this, you probably don't see that as problematic. So I'm going to have to try a little bit harder to convince you. When you choose to let your child make the sacraments, it means that the teacher of that class needs to be able to prepare your child for those sacraments. Now, what sort of teacher is going to be able to do that? Well, the only teacher that's going to be able to adequately prepare your child for sacraments because you have decided you, you don't see it as a religious thing anymore and you don't really bother bringing them to church and all the rest of it is someone who does know that sort of stuff. So in general, it's going to have to be someone from a Catholic background because someone from a non-Catholic background isn't going to be much better than you are. Do you know? They won't know how to do all this sort of stuff. And... Generally, they'll have to either be religious, a, a religious Catholic, or they might be at least have no problem teaching children to bless themselves, confess their sins, or say various prayers. And sometimes it will be someone like me, 
um, because I had to be one of those people, I, I've told this story before, um, who had to hide his faith background and got through the year by pretending to be Catholic because a person like me um, or like that knew they could be fired for undermining the ethos if I didn't pretend I wasn't Catholic, if I didn't pretend I was Catholic. And then you're probably wondering, or maybe you're not, but you should be wondering, wow, gosh, there isn't a lot of diversity in teaching. My child has never had a teacher from a non-Catholic background. That's a bit weird. I wonder why that is. Again, however, you're probably not going to be convinced by this either. That parent on the Her Family clip explained away that all of her daughter's teachers are young and aren't relig- and they aren't even religious anymore. Sure, they don't even believe it. So everyone just goes along with the whole charade. <laughs> aren't we all gassed? The whole lot of us being hypocrites. And we can explain away the fact that 99.7% of teachers identify as white Irish and 90% of them identify as Catholic and sure isn't religious at all so there's no harm to anyone. Everyone's grand with this. And at the end of the day, no one goes to mass anymore. Communions are only a cultural thing. And really, it's an entirely meaningless. And isn't it just great to have a day out, get the hair done, and have a lovely meal in a hotel, and a bounce on a bouncy castle. If you get one, jeez, if you can get one. Sure, it's hard to get a bouncy castle these days. Anyway, I'm going on a bit here. Uh, anyway, just as an aside news, so I got a brilliant headline this week. Parents were left deflated as bouncy castle shortage ruins communions. Ah, there's so much wrong with that story, but the headline, I think, kind of rescues it. Anyway, what I see, and I don't think Sean, uh, I don't think that Sean Moncrief, that woman on her, uh, my, her family.ie, or any of the other hypocrites could argue that they have, that they could argue is what they've done is they've effectively outsourced the Catholic indoctrination of their children to schools. I mean, effectively, that's what it is. When you don't go to mass, when you don't say prayers at home, when you don't practice a single tenet of the Catholic faith and you still want your child to make the sacraments, you basically expect schools to do all the work on this, whether or not teachers want to do it or not. And if you're a teacher in a school, your boss, which is the board of management, which is generally either chaired by a priest or a representative of the priest, must ensure that the Catholic ethos permeates throughout the school day, not just for a few months before your communion. And when you as a parent outsource anything, in fact, not as a parent, when anybody outsources anything, you have to accept that you no longer have full control over what happens because you have outsourced it. And for me, maybe this is where I'll get to the crux of my argument and where I might be able to convince you. Last week, we saw, and in inverted commas, a spat in the doyle as it was described by some media. And just as an aside, I wonder what they have called it a spat if the debate wasn't between two female TDs, but that's for another day. Let's stick to religion rather than gender for the moment. However, I will be arguing that gender has everything to do with this as well later on. But if you haven't heard, Norma Foley, the Minister for Education, was appearing before the Oireachtas Committee on Gender Equality to discuss issues including relationships and sexuality education, RSE as it's known, in schools. And for those of you who don't know, the Irish people have decreed that they do not like how RSE is taught in Catholic schools. I've spoken before about sex um, and how it's taught in most Irish primary schools and can be it could basically be summed up as sin by omission. Children in most schools are taught a Catholic version of sex education, so that means they simply aren't taught about LGBT plus relationships, having babies outside of a marriage between a man and a woman, and most famously, if you listen to the radio, that puberty is a gift from God. 
The other TD in the uh, debate, Jennifer McNeil, was asking whether the minister was going to ensure a facts-based RSE programme in schools, and Norma Foley was being frustratingly evasive, as is her style, refusing to give a straightforward yes or no answer. And the frustration extends to the general population of Ireland who also believe that in a 21st century Ireland that children should be taught a 21st century sex education programme. Now, it's rare that you will hear me defending the Minister for Education on this podcast, so you might want to sit down here because that's what I'm going to do. Norma Foley has absolutely no power to make Catholic schools teach a factually based sex education programme for exactly the same reason that you are able to send your child into school to be prepared for sacramental preparation. Much like many of you outsource religious indoctrination to your child's school, the government has been outsourcing education to private bodies for the last hundred odd years. The Education Act explicitly states that the state provides for education with a very heavy emphasis on the word for. Except for a very small few cases, the state funds private organisations to run primary schools and in 90% of those cases, that is a Catholic church. And because of the fact that in 1971 they also decided to enact something called Rule 68, which stated that religion is by far, I'm quoting here, religion is by far the most important subject in the curriculum and should vivify the entire work of the school day, they have absolutely no power as to how any private body adapts the national curriculum in order to vivify the ethos of the school. As I said, when you outsource something, you lose a good bit of the control and you can't pick and choose the bits that you like. If you allow the Catholic Church to be the patron of your child's school because you've decided to celebrate your hypocrisy, well, I'm sorry, but that's on you. And while it might be clear that you couldn't give a monkeys about the children who have to opt out, and while it might be clear that you couldn't give a toss about the teachers who have to pretend to be Catholic to keep their job or even get a job, well, I have to be clear and tell you that you can't have your princess dress and your bouncy castle and expect the religious aspects of religious rite of passage that you're going along with to disappear. To all of you that joke about having to get through that church service or, ha, shall we see at the back here at confirmation? I don't want to hear you complain about RSE or any aspect of Catholic education that doesn't suit you. Because when you outsource sacramental preparation to your child's school, you are also allowing the perpetuation of all Catholic dogma in schools and you have absolutely no right to protest it. And yes, I think you should be ashamed of yourself. This new fashion accessory of laughing about hypocrisy is no solace to someone like me whose entire career is affected by this hypocrisy. It's absolutely no solace to my family who have to drive by our local schools in order not to experience this sort of stuff that you happily enable. It's no solace to the hundreds of teachers and staff that are forced to pretend to be Catholics in order to have a job. It's no solace to the thousands of children sitting at the backs of classrooms every single day like outcasts. Now one of my one of the biggest successes of the Catholic education system is that they've managed to make a deeply religious rite of passage into some supposedly cultural phenomenon. They've managed to do this even though they themselves are disgusted by it. The Catholic Church isn't interested in hypocrites. I mean, speaking with the devout amongst the Catholics um, that I know of, they solace themselves in some ways about this sort of thing. They don't like it. They solace themselves 
really by turning the other cheek to borrow uh, to borrow one of their uh, verses of the Bible and they console themselves that maybe maybe if this still goes ahead and we allow all this maybe one child will somehow discover Jesus through the process I mean it seems extremely defeatist to me but I don't blame them I mean look you're gonna have to sit down again I'm about to defend the Catholic Church here because the Catholic Church don't want this either they consistently state that they want to reclaim the sacraments from schools so that only those that actually believe in the message of the sacraments should take part. They consistently talk about reducing the number of schools they have. Now, I'm not going to go much further than that because I'm also not stupid enough to realise that they're not doing very much about it either. You know, they're saying stuff. Words are as cheap as putting your daughter in a mini bride dress, clasping her hands together for selfies and 50 euro notes. However, when the church actually does something about the situation, it has backfired absolutely spectacularly. Because in fairness to the Catholic Church, there have been some efforts to actually take the sacraments back. Regular listeners will remember me speaking about a priest in Carlo that made a very minor change to sacraments in order to bring the ceremony back to the church rather than being a school event. And rather than schools getting a particular day in May, as would be familiar to most people, he offered that children would come to a regular Mass any Sunday in May and receive their first Holy Communion with their parish. Well, it made the front page of the Irish Independent with the headline, God Hates Me and a picture of a distraught girl and her mother giving out stink about it. I'm going to leave the link to that article because I don't think people believe me when I say this, that the headline was God Hates Me. And I'll leave the link in, this, in the show notes. And the next day, it, didn't just, well, it wasn't just one article. The next day, there was another article in the same paper, which I'm going to read a little bit of because I feel the need to tell you as well that this was 2018, four years ago at this time of recording, not 1968. Sometimes simply reading part of an article tells you everything you need to know. So I'm going to read now. Parents have launched a petition against a decision to allow children to make their Holy Communion on any Mass day in May or June, rather than holding it on a specific date. The community of Aska in County Carlo created the petition in hopes of saving the tradition of a child's First Communion. Parents of children making their communion on this year say they were told at a meeting last week that children in Aska National School, Tinryland National School and the local Gwell School could make their communion on any day when Mass is being held in May or June. But parents are arguing that they don't want the tradition of the day to die down and vowed to protest outside Mass on Sunday, October 7th if they don't hear a response from the parish officials. It's well worth reading the rest of this article which again I'll add to the show's notes. And, um, you know, I, I always find just read these things, you know. One thing you might note when you're reading it is there's very, very little in the way of religious significance um, in it. There's very little talk of religion, which of course, and I'm sure you won't uh, disagree, is unsurprising. The other week there was uproar in the media because some South Dublin parish was asking families for pay to pay a donation to the church of about 50, 60 euro, I think it was, if they were making their communion there. Now, if any of the people who were being uproarious had had thought for a single second, which they don't, they know that if they bothered darkening the doors of their church when there wasn't a big party to be had, they'd know that part of a Sunday service is that their donation basket is handed around in order to pay for the upkeep of their church community. But of course, they don't think about that. And in fairness, only asking for 50 euro, they're doing pretty well. That's less than a euro a week, um, you know. But anyway, so ultimately what we have here is this baffling situation. 
Because of this celebrated hypocrisy, non-Catholics are being discriminated against on a daily basis in schools. That's both the children sitting at the backs of classrooms and teachers having to pretend to be Catholic to have a job. We also have a number of parish priests too scared to reclaim their church for fear of being assassinated in the national media. And then we have the hypocrites themselves giving out because not only do they not give a toss about minorities or even the church itself, they aren't happy that the consequences of their hypocrisy is that, uh, is that by outsourcing religion to schools, that this outsourcing encompasses the bits of the religion that they don't like. So they want the church to back off there as well. Now, you can't ask the Catholic Church to arrange a big party for your family and not expect them to wish for their core values to be kept up. I mean, if you sign up to a club, you are expected to keep the rules. And when people get absolutely incredulous about the way RSE is taught in primary schools, it's hard for me to feel an ounce of sympathy whatsoever for them. The sense of entitlement is astonishing. I went to Catholic school because I want them to organise a party for my family because I couldn't be bothered instilling any faith in them because I don't believe in it, but I don't want them to also teach other aspects of the Catholic faith that I don't believe in either. It's so spoilt. And in some ways, I would mind if people, these hypocrites, felt bad about their hypocrisy. But they don't. They joke about it. They laugh about it. And this year, for some reason, they're writing articles in national newspapers about it. The week after, they were writing articles about how crazy it was that the National Maternity Hospital would not fall into public hands. Yes, the National Maternity Hospital. I was amazed by the cognitive dissonance displayed in 2015 by my Facebook acquaintance after the marriage equality referendum. And seven years later, I feel exactly the same way as all those people. I, I feel exactly the same way after all these people were protesting about the National Maternity Hospital and also choosing to let their little girls make their communion. And I'm deliberately saying little girls here rather than leaving out the boys. Because here's why. The National Maternity Hospital protest was a two-pronged protest as far as I can see it. In some ways, it was about property and that if the state was to invest €2 billion Euro into a public building, they should have the right to own that building and it should not be given to a private body, in this case, the Catholic Church. However, in probably a bigger way, this was about the Catholic Church's treatment of women and how there is a fear that if the building was not owned by the state, that the Catholic Church would interfere with medical procedures that have a direct impact on women and girls. For example, would abortion be allowed? Would forms of contraception be allowed? And so on. And despite all of the assurances from the government, the public did not trust that the Catholic Church, if they had their hands on the building, would honour the women and girls of Ireland with respect. The belief was that the nuns, who are also women, by the way, and I don't know why they focus on the nuns, because in fairness, I know it's a nun's order in that particular place, but I mean, above them is the Vatican, which is run by men. But anyway, the protests that took place were big, with thousands taking to the streets. And in the end, two government politicians being suspended from their party for not voting in favour of it. I find this astonishing that all this happened, big protests and two TDs being suspended by their party as a result of something like this. Because a few weeks ago, a school building in Nina in County Tipperary was, had exactly the same situation happen to them. It was leased to the state by the Catholic Church for an undisclosed sum of money, estimated to be around 2 and 3.5 million over its lifetime, so the Catholic faith formation would no longer take place in the building. Little more is known about the arrangement because nobody seemed to care enough despite all the same questions that you might have about the National Maternity Hospital being equally valid. 
Nobody protested. And apart from through me, there wasn't a single parliamentary question asked about it. I just find that interesting. I find that very interesting indeed. Similarly, last week, thousands of people allowed their little girl, and I'm quoting from the catechisms here, their little girl became a child, and here's this, the quote, sorry, became a child of God clothed in the wedding garment. The neophyte, and by the way, a neophyte is basically what people call a noob these days, so, um, the opposite of an expert, is admitted to the marriage supper of the Lamb and receives the food of new life, the body and blood of Christ. A wedding garment, a marriage supper, and receives the food of new life and body of Christ. So two things there, the wedding garment and the marriage. And just in case that means nothing to you, the wedding garment for a girl to quote another Catholic site should be white to symbolise purity, so modesty is key. The white communion dress should fall below the knee or at calf length. And just to be sure, in case you think I'm just quoting one website just to uh, support my case, I checked over a dozen websites with guides to families preparing for communion, and even I was surprised by how many sites there are dedicated to this, hundreds. Every single one of them, from the religious ones to the more, you know, cultural Catholic ones, the same two words kept cropping up, purity and modesty. As I've said consistently, consistently, I couldn't care less if all of this happened in isolation. The trouble is, and I hope it's clear by now, is that all of this hypocrisy of protesting hospitals but not protesting the exact same thing for schools, protesting against the church telling women to be modest and dressing your little girl up to be pure and modest, protesting against the patriarchy and then submitting your child to the very same patriarchy, all of this would be your own business if that's what you want to do, except when you expect the education system to do it all for you, at the expense of minorities being outcasted and teachers having to lie to keep their jobs, then I think it's fair to say we've a problem. No one can claim to be 100% unhypocritical, in fairness. I'm not. No one is. We all do things we have to to get along in life. Sometimes that's unavoidable and I get that. So, I mean, I'm not criticising being a hypocrite. I'm being criticising the celebration of hypocrisies. I mean, I know people are hypocrites. I'm a hypocrite. Everyone's a hypocrite. People eat meat knowing it harms animals and we try and explain that away. I get it. You know, people you know, buy clothes from certain retailers knowing that the clothes were probably made through child labour. You know, I get it. So am I really only annoyed about this because it affects me? And maybe there's an argument there to justify that, um, you know, but I think I'm being over generous if I, if I give you that. I can't really give you that because I don't know. I don't know. I don't think that's fair. Nobody needs and the reason for that is because nobody needs to make their communion. People need... Now, I know people will say you don't need to eat meat or you don't need to buy clothes from cheaper retailers, but we need to wear clothes and we need to eat. Now, nobody... But definitely nobody needs to make their communion. No one is going to die if they don't make their communion. You may die if you don't eat or you don't wear clothes. I don't know. But anyway, look, sorry, I'm pushing that a bit too far and I hope you'll get my point here. Nobody needs to make their communion and it just can't be justified in light of the fact that the uh, because of the far-reaching consequences of it. We can't justify allowing the Catholic Church to teach our children that marriage can only take place between a man and a woman or that puberty is a gift from God or that in any relationship there's a third person that is Jesus, and so on and so forth, and then expect them as adults to simply forget about all that. You're likely to be a product of this yourself, and you may not believe a word of the Catholic faith, 
and yet you tick the Catholic box in the census or you may have even been brave in inverted commas and tick the no religion box and for some reason have been convinced that it's absolutely normal to dress your little girl modestly in a pseudo wedding gown and kneel submissively before a priest and submit herself to a daily bread. And while I know I've been going on and on and on, and I know I'm probably having convinced you, I want to go back to Sean Moncrief's article, because while everything he said in the article annoyed me at some level, there was one place that kind of crossed me into anger. And here's what he said. I want to read it, because it actually went from annoyance to anger. Clearly, we're not alone in sending our child to a Catholic school when we're not really Catholic. And being in Dublin, we could have chosen differently. We could have got her into a non-denominational place, and we would have selected that. On, uh, we would have selected on that basis alone, and that she would have been, but and she would have been driven to. Instead, she attends the excellent excellent national school that is four minutes walk from our front door. We chose what we felt was the best school for her, a school she adores. The religious aspect hardly came into our reckoning. I don't really think of this as hypocrisy. I know, as a member of the liberal left media, I'm supposed to be virently anti-Catholic. But I'm not. I'm Catholic indifferent. Now, there's two things here that really angered me. The first is probably a subconscious thing on his front, and I, I, you know, and I, I hear this a lot. It's where he calls the school that he went, that he chose for his daughter, an excellent national school. Now, why does that anger me? I hear you not asking. Well, whenever I hear atheists justifying sending their children to a Catholic school when there's a multi-denominational school available, they always seem to think they need to rate that school as good or excellent. I needed to go to a good school or it was an excellent school. I mean, it's just really bizarre to me. I mean, subconsciously what he's doing is justifying his decision by overcompensating for the Catholic school by calling it excellent. Because we all know the school is no more excellent than any other school. Like, all schools are as good as each other. It's just bizarre stuff. Or it's implying, uh, subconsciously, that the multi-denominational school isn't excellent for some reason. It, you know, I mean, this is, this is the kind of weird stuff that's going on. It's like me deciding not to go to Aldi and going to Lidl and saying that Lidl is excellent, even though they're basically the same thing. I mean, why would you, why would you compare them? The rating of schools, is, it's, not, it's not only stupid. It's also dangerous. But in this case, it's just someone, I think, overcompensating their hypocrisy. The other thing that angered me was that, again, perhaps unconsciously, he says that he's not virulently anti-Catholic. I mean, essentially, what he's actually saying with that is that if you choose not to go to a local uh, Catholic school and you go to a, a, a non-denominational school, by the way, there are no non-denominational schools in Ireland. Anyway, they must therefore be virulently anti-Catholic. So if you choose to go to your to, to if you choose to go to an educate together school or a community national school, you are by default virulently anti-Catholic. I mean, this leap is breathtaking to assume. Just because you aren't Catholic, you must be anti-Catholic. I mean, I don't send my child to a Catholic school because he's not Catholic, and I don't want him to sit at the back of a classroom every day and spend the uh, half of second class and sixth class essentially being a visitor or being treated like a visitor. That's not anti-Catholic. And this calling himself, no, I'm not, I'm not anti-Catholic, like. It's just shocking and bizarre and it really makes me cross and angry to hear this kind of absolute nonsense. And I know I'm angry, but I would say that what he and all the other hypocrites are doing is more anti-Catholic than me. I'm not anti-Catholic. I think he's anti-Catholic and all his friends. His, he and his friends are blatantly breaking Catholic rules. They're blatantly lying, they're being deceitful and they're defrauding the Catholic Church. And in case you're wondering, 
all of those actions are referred to as sins in the New Testament. Because if you're going to be a Catholic, you kind of have to follow the New Testament, don't you? That's kind of part of it. But there's another sin that's mentioned 10 times in the Bible. Now, don't worry, I'd Google this rather than actually counted them myself. It's hypocrisy. It's one of the sins. And it's mentioned 10 times in the Bible. And this column has it in spades. So if you're one of those people who's laughing about being a hypocrite, could you please put yourself in someone else's shoes for a moment? Like, just as a random example, let's just pick, I don't know, a primary school teacher who was raised in a Jewish family, for example. <sighs> I had to think hard for that one. Yeah. Anyway, and think about his life, his career. Could you think what it must be like if he had to teach your child on the year of your child's communion, the effect that that must have had on him? Did you, um, you know, maybe think about the fact that he had to hide the fact that he wasn't Catholic because he knew he could be disciplined or passed over promotion? Did you think about the fact that every day he had to bless himself and say prayers to a deity he didn't believe in and was actually counter to his upbringing? Did you think at all that when he went to the church, why he had to lie about why he wasn't kneeling down on the pew cushions because that went against his upbringing? Did you think about how he worried every single day how his fa own family felt about him doing all this stuff, saying prayers, uh, blessing himself, going to the church? Did you think about the fact that if, his, if this teacher had children at the time and they didn't follow the Catholic faith, how much extra pressure this would have put on him in his job? Did you think about the fact that in reality it's impossible to expect somebody to do that for a 40-year career? And did you think about the fact that in order to be able to be open about himself, he basically had to leave that school and he had to commute for over an hour and back every day driving past over 30 primary schools so he could be just respected equally to the rest of his colleagues? And when he did have children, did you think about how his children would be treated in schools? And if you haven't, maybe you might just consider it for a single minute and think about the impact of your hypocrisy. Because it isn't just non-Catholics. It's the Catholics too. Forget about me. Forget about all these heathens. Forget about the Muslims, the Jews, the Rastafarians, the Hindus, the everyone else who you're blatantly happy to ignore. It's the Catholics too, the actual Catholics too, the people that do have a strong faith. Why do you think that you are so important to expect them to bow down and accept your hypocrisy? When my genuinely Catholic friends and family make their sacraments, do you know what I do? I happily go to the church and I celebrate with them. And I'm really happy for them because I know they really believe in what they're doing. They really believe in it. And I know how hard it is for them to turn the other cheek when they see their place of worship turned into a fashion show and concert. It's like someone coming into your house, wallpapering the wall with floral paisley. That's basically what it's like. It's vulgar and they should be ashamed of themselves. And come to think of it, I'm thinking of Paisley wallpaper. It reminds me of Father Ted's house. Remember Father Ted? Obviously you would. Gosh, who wouldn't know Father Ted? But remember the parish house? And in one episode in, uh, of Father Ted, the three priests uh, who lived there um, were visited upon by Father Stack. Do you remember Father Stack? He was played by Brendan Grace. Do you remember it? And in one scene, Father Stack decides that he's going to play jungle music at three in the morning and drill holes in the wall with a pneumatic drill. And when Father Ted approaches him the next day about this, he says the immortal lines, Well, I had my fun and that's all that matters. 
So next time you decide to metaphorically play your jungle music and drill holes in walls, maybe be less like Father Stack and maybe think about the people you affect while you're having your fun. So there you have it. Uh, that is it uh, for this week. Um, you know, I suppose I I hope I've, you know, given my point across, as I said in this podcast, is sometimes people go to therapy, I get to talk into a, a microphone. I hope you can see this whole situation from my point of view but also it's not just my point of view it's from quite a number of people's points of view um i'm thinking of uh, in particular uh, a parent who wrote an article in the irish examiner Aoife, about how her children uh, weren't making the communion how it was no big deal because at the end of the day it is no big deal if you don't believe in the sacraments or if you don't believe in the religion why put yourself why put your child into the sacraments because it's affecting other people it affects your friends, it affects your colleagues, it affects your fellow citizens. And, you know, please have a think about it, if you wouldn't mind. So that's all from me for this week. Uh, Thanks for listening. We'll be back again soon. All the best. Bye-bye.